Hi everyone, I'm Gary Noll. Nice to have you with us today. We're going to find out about PQQ. Very important nutrient. What does it do? Well, it can guard against brain aging in three distinct ways. Improving blood flow to the brain, reducing neurotoxicity, protecting against sugar damage. In fact, it is one of the most important anti-aging supplements you can take. It reduces the evidence of Alzheimer's disease in laboratory animal models. But there's more. I'll go into it. Also today, a new study shows a clear evidence connection between mind, body, and we've been told that's not true by the skeptics in Wikipedia. It is true. They're wrong. Good science is right. This comes from the University of Calgary, Department of Oncology, major resource center. So we have a lot to share, and also for postmenopausal women, some new information that can help you, involving Norway spruce combined with a estrogenic action with potential anti-cancer, antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory, and anti- or pro-immunomodulatory activities that fill the needs of women as they approach and transition through menopause. So we have a lot of positive insights. But the rest of our show today is on a special theme. <clears throat> There's an awful lot of misinformation. I have friends who are very well-intentioned. They really want to know the truth on something. The trouble is they're tied into a lot of the sites that provide misinformation. Right now, the average American, if they're watching the news media, all of it, if they're reading the New York Times, Washington Post, they're getting partial information that is correct and partial that is wrong. So Richard Gale and myself today will play you some clips. Now these two clips I received today. One was from a friend um, who lives up in Poughkeepsie, and the other is from a person that lives in Detroit. Both are nice people. Both believe they're at the cutting edge. But you'll see that virtually all the information from one is wrong and about 70% of the information from the other is wrong. And then they have large networks they spread it to. So a lot of misinformation going around. Then I'll play you two clips that are absolutely correct. And I'll show you the difference all involving COVID. And I'll show you why there is so much confusion out there. We'll try to separate out all this for you. But we always begin with the latest on health and healing. And today we're going to take a look at one nutrient that makes a difference. It's called PQQ. And a lot of people consume more sugar than what they should. And that causes damage. In fact, just 100 grams, which is just a little over three ounces of sugar, which is about half of what the average person has in a day, is enough to suspend part of our immune system for up to six hours. <clears throat> so the more sugar you have, the more it feeds cancer, causes damage, creates an acidic state, causes the proliferation of candida in the gut, the vagina, in the lungs. It's it's really bad. But uh, sugar-induced damage takes place in many people, which means that non-diabetic individuals are at risk for neurodegeneration related to the harmful effects of chronic glucose exposure. <clears throat> One of the most destructive effects of sugar on brain function is its impact on brain blood vessels. Long-term glucose exposure damages cells and the vessel lining, the endothelial layer, that are responsible for modulating blood flow and pressure. For example, a study in mice has indicated that PQQ can protect against glucose-induced endothelial dysfunction in the brain. And uh, it was shown that when it was used in the endothelium, and we all need healthier endothelium, we don't want lesions in the endothelium, little breaks, tears, rips, in the endothelium, which happens with the average diet. It reverses cell damage, 
prevent it. It's a, it uh, it helps with apoptosis or programmed cell death and reduce formation of chemical stressors. Now, most of these beneficial effects can be traced to improvements in the function, even the number of mitochondria within endothelial cells. It's already known that the PQQ can boost the production of new energy-producing mitochondria, and it's called mitochondrial biogenesis. And so PQQ enhances that. That's very important. So in effect, you're growing new mitochondria, which means as you age and you have less mitochondria, you have less energy. Less energy in your muscles, less energy in your lungs, less energy in your heart, your brain. So we begin to decline. So this is showing that you don't have to decline. You can actually go forward. So that's a big deal. So in summary, PQQ is right up there now with NAD, L-carnosine, resveratrol, pycnogenol, and, and <clears throat> I also believe L-carnitine as important anti-aging nutrients. And PQQ can protect brain tissue against toxic assault, what is called neurotoxicity, from inside and outside the body. It also boosts your brain blood flow in a direct counterattack on blood flow restrictions imposed by aging blood vessels, because they shrink. And PQQ can also limit the glucose-induced damage to brain blood vessels. That's a major contributor to dementia and other forms of cognitive decline. How much would I suggest? To begin with, I would say 10 milligrams, <clears throat> and over a period of six months, maybe build it up to 20 milligrams. But it can make a difference. And it's all in the scientific literature. So if you want to protect your body, especially your brain, if you are pre-diabetic or diabetic, or you're just a normal person, PQQ can do that. And let me just go a little further on this, because this is important. Cognitive decline and dementia take a lifetime to develop. But once you start it, it can rob an individual of a lifetime of memories in just a few years. Many different processes contribute to cognitive decline. I would put number one at stress. Number two, oxidative stress. And number three, nutrient deficiencies. Number four, High acidic diets, the typical American diet. Too much protein, too much fat, too much sugar. So that's how we get there. And PQQ is showing tremendous promise in fighting age-related brain dysfunction. It was uh, around, wow, I'm going to say 12 years ago that we had our anti-aging study we only had 39 people out of 500 that qualified to be in it because they had to have a neurological test. And a lot of them said that they had something, they had no medical evidence, so we couldn't have them in the test because the study it was a legitimate study. But at the end of 16 months, that's how long the study went, 80% of all the people who had really uh, irreversible conditions, end-stage multiple sclerosis, uh, ALS, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, um, were able to completely reverse their condition entirely. And the others improved, but did not completely reverse it. So PQQ was in that study. It was one of the things that we're taking. And we got people off sugar, got their blood pressure normalized, and with 20 milligrams of PQQ every day for 12 weeks, you can boost the blood flow to the right prefrontal cortex. By the way, that's the area of the brain devoted to higher cognitive function. And additional oxygen utilization in that area can be significantly higher for people who take PQQ. With clear demonstration, PQQ was boosting energy extraction to fuel the improved cognitive performance. So if you want to improve blood flow to the brain, an important step in slowing cognitive decline with aging, or if you've had a stroke, that's very important as well. So the science is there. 
The science is not what's at issue. It's getting people to be aware that they should be doing these things on a regular basis, not just once in a while. And uh, also, a lot of people suffer from neurotoxicity damage in the brain. Brain cells are damaged by chronic exposure to any toxin. <clears throat> if you work in a, a factory, a shop, a, a place where there's toxins in the air from what you're manufacturing, that can really do harm to you. And you got to understand that energy is crucial to life. We devote 20 to 25% of all the energy in the body just goes to the brain. And this energy production is powered by mitochondria, the energy factories that convert food into cellular fuel that powers our entire body. So as we age, and you actually are in old age after the age of 27, so mitochondria tend to die off, and the ones that are left don't function as well. That results in an energy crisis that can have a devastating impact on brain function. Well, PQQ has been shown to reduce brain aging by helping existing mitochondria work more efficiently and to promote the formation of new mitochondria. And brain cells can be damaged at low doses of a neurotoxin. Just think how many toxins you have if you're a cab driver or bus driver or truck driver, you're in, meaning you're in a vehicle all day long. All those chemicals are in the manufacture of the car. And the worst thing you can do is keep one of those little uh, air fresheners in there. Those are very toxic to the, to the brain. If you want the fresh air, just spray orange or lemon natural citrus spray into the top of the car, and that'll kill bacteria. It freshens the air, but doesn't hurt your brain. <clears throat> and some toxins come from outside the body. For example, heavy metals, bacterial toxins, and environmental poisonings are all possible factors in neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's. Other brain-damaging toxins from within the body, these include the abnormal proteins like tau and beta-amyloid that accumulate in brain tissue and contribute to the destruction of brain cells and senile disorders. And the neurotransmitter glutamate is known as an excitotoxic damaging to the brain cells with aging. So you just have to understand how the brain works. Green tea, blueberries, carnosine, vitamin D, grapeseed extract, all those protect your brain. Well, that's just all that. I'm looking at the clock uh, real quick because I've got a lot of things to share on the video. <clears throat> This is from the University of Calgary Department of Oncology. The impact of meditation and support groups is seen at a cellular level in breast cancer survivors. This is exciting. For the first time, researchers have shown that practicing mindfulness meditation or being involved in a support group has a positive physical impact at the cellular level in breast cancer survivors. A group working at the Alberta Health Services um, Cancer Center at the University of Calgary, Department of Oncology, has demonstrated that telomeres, you all know those, those are the protein complexes at the end of chromosomes, maintain their length in breast cancer survivors who practice meditation or are involved in support groups. While they shorten, which is not good, where there was no intervention. So that's important. All right, it shows you the power of meditation, something that a lot of orthodox medicine has yet to learn. And I won't go in, I'm going to save for tomorrow because it's, I want to share much more, almost a classroom on the air, on uh, premenopausal, menopausal, and postmenopausal therapies for women and also for men because men go through andropause, which is very similar to menopause on all levels. But that's going to take me too much time. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to play you a clip. This clip I received this morning. Listen to it carefully. It's short. But this is very popular now, making the rounds around the, the Internet. And then we'll discuss it. Richard Gale will be on the air with me. 
and we will do an analysis of four clips, two positive, two negative, two accurate, two inaccurate. So hopefully you'll have a chance to see how to differentiate when you receive something, whether it's legitimate or not. Back in a moment, please stay with us. This mRNA vaccine is going to genetically modify Yes, it will. The mRNA will actually take a piece of your DNA out. It will replace it with a synthetic one and, and a synthetic piece. And they can do it anywhere they want in your whole DNA mechanism. So, you know, who knows what they're going to modify about you. But that also makes you patentable. That's right. They can own you. And uh, let me tell you, they've already started the vaccinations. They've already started them. They started them a long time ago because the test vaccinates you. So I have the article right here in front of me, and here's what it says. Yes, they can vaccinate us through the nasal test swabs and target the brain. Now, here's, here's the thing. As a doctor, I, I said, this is crazy because, you see, you're wearing a mask to cover your, now they would hate it. They would not allow you into a store if you just wore a mask over your nose. You gotta wear it over your mouth because <clears throat> supposedly the COVID-19 is in your saliva. Well, if it's in your saliva, then all they have to do is swab the inside of your mouth like they do for a DNA test. But no, they take these long Q-tips and they stick them all the way back almost into your brain. They stick them back to the back of the nasal sinuses and then they twist them. All right, here's what they're doing. First of all, there is a very thin plate of bone that covers the brain between the brain and the nasal sinus. And it's called the cribiform plate. And every doctor knows about the cribiform plate. All right, now the cribiform plate has some openings in it where olfactory nerves, nerves from the nose, go through that plate into the brain. And bone, uh, that, this kind of bone in the cribiform plate is porous anyway. So substances can go through it. So when they take that swab and they put it back there and twist it, what they're doing is depositing things back there. This, you can't see this, but this shows that they have nanoparticles that are actually on the ends of the Q-tips that they're putting in there that can get into your brain. They can be hooked up to the cloud. So they, they are already vaccinating you with the test. With the test. This is the beginning. So when you go to get tested, you are actually being vaccinated and implanted with nanoparticles. This is so sick. Only psychos could come up with something like this, doctor. Right. You know? Well, but the thing is, this is Satan. People don't, a lot of people don't believe that Satan exists. He does, and he is directing these people to do this. Uh, when, when all of this is said and done, people will recognize that Satan really does exist. Okay. This is being circulated around the internet. My friend... Uh, from Detroit, who sends me things on a regular basis, and I watch them or read them. And so I won't mention their name because others in the audience may recognize. This is a very popular person, well known in the health movement. Let us show, with all the best of intents that you sent this, what is wrong with this uh, clip from a medical doctor. She is a retired uh, surgeon, and uh, Richard Gale's on the line now. Richard, I'll let you handle this one. Please go through this. <laughs> Don't laugh, Richard. Don't laugh. I know. You know I know. It, it just goes to show. And, and this is a woman. I mean, she was very prominent at the University of California, San, uh, San Francisco. So it shows that even, you know, people who are extremely bright and knowledgeable can still be bat feces, feces crazy. <laughs> but the first thing she said, uh, you, you know, this is, I think this is the, uh, the biggest scare amongst a lot of the anti-vax people, but it's just completely wrong. And that, uh, the statement that the RNA replaces DNA. 
mRNA does not replace DNA. Okay, um, your your DNA is in the nucleus of the cell. The RNA is what's in the cytoplasm of the cell, and and, and then the, the rest of the nutrients and all that enter into the cell or to create the amino acids, and the amino acids present are then coding for the RNA. So there's uh, we and when we had Sukar at Bhakti, the uh, this that prominent German. Um, um, a medical doctor who was the chair of the medical school in um, Germany. I mean, he st- he stated that. You know, so, so he's wrong right there. He's wrong right there with that. And um, and the second thing is that she was saying about just in the saliva where most of the COVID relies. False. Okay. The majority of the COVID, if you were infected, is in the lower airways because that's where the majority of the ACE2 receptors are, which is what the COVID virus attaches itself to. It's not in your mouth. It's 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 lower in the airway. So she's wrong on several of these statements and of course the fact the idea that we're these nasal swabs are 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 um, vaccinating us is just uh, it's just crazy, crazy talk. But remember, it is. this is a yeah. But this is a woman who who's a climate who's a uh, um, climate change denier. She is. She denies that the Holocaust actually existed. It was just something that was created by 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 Jews. Uh, so she she's she has a lot of wacko um, beliefs anyway. Okay, uh, the, how the, much the, else the, I can really say about that? No, there's nothing more. It has to be said. It's just that we need people to look for how they can deconstruct the information's legitimacy. And that's the first rule of science. I will never forget when I had finished doing the protein analysis, which took over a year to do, of all foods to show that all foods contained all eight essential amino acids. And every textbook in the world showed in mind that I learned when I was a dietitian, even when I was getting my bachelor's in science. And uh, it said that only animal proteins have all eight essential amino acids. And fruits and vegetables have very low amounts of incomplete amino acids. Therefore, they shouldn't be emphasized in the diet. And hence, meat, dairy, um, fish should be the center of all meals. And that's why we ended up with a bad diet for 60 years. In any case, when I presented this at the monthly meeting of all 16 department heads, the director said, okay, well, we read your paper here. Now go disprove yourself. Well, first, I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, in order to see if you have something of merit, take your own personal association with what you've done out of the equation. So I was okay. So I went back upstairs and I gave it to Dr. Berman and I gave it to other people. And I said, look to see where I've made a mistake. Let's assume I've made a mistake. Okay, after two weeks, three weeks, they couldn't find a mistake, so I gave it to a Dr. Fitzke and some other people, and I said, I've made an error, see if you can find it. And again, it took almost four months. We could find no errors. So I went back and I said, here are all the people I've given it to at different institutions, um, and we can't find an error. He's good. Now we can accept it. Now, that is the same measure as you know, Richard. Every morning I say, prove this, validate that. And if you can't, or if we find it's only partially true, we don't go with it. And there's a lot of information we don't go with if we can't validate. Now, it doesn't mean that everyone is way off on the extreme. It just means well-intentioned people can also make mistakes. It's done all the time. That said, now let's play you another one. Now, this one is a little different in that the person, once again, has legitimate degrees, legitimate four degrees from MIT, and uh, Mrs. Uh, Pieta, be a lot more critical and do your homework, please, before disseminating this kind of information. This is where some information is correct, spot-on accurate. Others. I believe is completely disingenuous, inaccurate, and self-serving. 
we'll analyze this as well. But this is very popular. We're talking about tens of millions of people are downloading this guy's information and sharing it, and they're not getting the full story. And it's until you pull back and get the full story that you'll appreciate what is wrong with what he is saying. We'll go to this now. This interview is brought to you by Mod up to 25 years, so it's ready whenever you need it. That's why I personally recommend My Patriot Supply. A former returning guest, Dr. Shiva. Dr. Shiva created email at the age of 14. He has four degrees from MIT. One degree is a PhD in biological engineering. You can see his work on YouTube, Twitter, his website. I'll be putting all the links at the bottom of the video. And I am very happy to have Dr. Shiva back on the X-22 Report Spotlight. Dr. Shiva, welcome back to the Spotlight. Great to be back here, Dave. Hope hey, you're doing well. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I wanted to start, I mean, last time I had you on here was back in April. This is when the pandemic was just getting kicked off here. And now, seven months later, here we are. I mean, we have millions of people that are being tested. We're still wearing masks now. We're back to lockdowns. I mean, what is going on here? Is this pandemic as, as bad as they're saying? Well, Dave, if you remember when we spoke, um, I think it was right after I'd done a tweet uh, where I could read this, you know, a mile away. And in that tweet, I said, as a MIT PhD in biological engineering who studies the immune system every day, this will go down in history as one of the biggest fear mongering hoaxes intended to suppress dissent, you know, destroy economies and push mandated medicine. And that's what's occurring. Now, I was able to say that because of my training. You know, I've been in the health field for a long, long time, started doing research in medicine when I was 14, working as a full-time research fellow, all the way to getting my PhD in biological engineering. Um, and my area is on the immune system. So when I saw Fauci push this out there, who is a very, very unscrupulous individual, he controls the purse strings of most of the university biological science departments, most of the universities. Uh, professors who rely on him have to suck up to him. So none of them say anything when the fact is that what he's pushing forward is fake science. Uh, in the worst case, and at best, you know, outdated science of the immune system. And that outdated science is what is being used in a very, very clever way because no scientist is standing up against this. I'm probably the first one to do this with the credibility that I have, uh, primarily because I don't owe anything to these people, Dave. And so when I look at this quote unquote pandemic, uh, what it's fundamentally about is those three things I said. It's about power, profit and control. And why is this occurring? It's just go follow the money. Pharmaceutical industry. You know, I created a technology called Cytosol, which came out of my work at MIT, which can really model molecular pathways on the computer. It was really created to revolutionize the industry of medicine. But pharmaceutical companies are afraid of cytosol because I may actually find out that a lot of their stuff doesn't work. So I do a lot of stuff in the natural products industry, but our technology allows us to model molecular pathways on the computer and figure out what works and what doesn't. Now, what you find is when you look at the complex system of immunity or the immune system, it's a very complex system. And I gave a talk on this at an invited lecture in November 2019 at the National Science Foundation saying there's multiple parts of the immune system. It's not just the two-box model that Fauci promotes, which is all about sticking you with a vaccine and generating antibodies. There's a much more complex system with the gut microbiome, right? The gut-brain axis, the interferon system, the innate, the adaptive, and the neural system. And what you realize when you actually use modern science, not Fauci science, is that uh, resilience is really the issue here. Your body is supposed to be exposed to stuff, just like you're, you're supposed to go use your body to lift weights. You get a little bit of pain, some stress, it's called stress inoculation, and you get stronger. And that also goes with the immune system. And because of the collusion of big academia and big pharma, they've used it to push out a fake fear-mongering science, which says that we must all get vaccinated. Why? Go to big pharma. What's occurred with big pharma is over the last 20 years, their, their entire business model is tanking their trillion dollar business model. And very few people understand this. And the reason it's tanking is because pharmaceutical industry is not using compounds that occur in nature, right? They come up with compounds that are synthetic compounds, and then they figure out 
if I drop the synthetic compound on this receptor, I will get this output to, you know, I don't know, affect high blood pressure, et cetera. But that single compound model at a science level is not working because it's causing more and more side effects. So over the last 20 years, pharma has been spending more and more and more on R&D to try to get these compounds released to the public. And even the FDA is not allowing them because of the toxicity issues. So they have a serious business problem. So their only way out of that, Dave, is to go into something that's a little more unregulated, something where they can't get sued, and that's vaccines. Thank you to John Kennedy, Ted Kennedy, and Robert Kennedy. The Kennedys have created a beautiful model for pharma. You know, John Kennedy may have been a great guy. He's the one who signed the National Vaccine Act in 62, right? Which is based on old science. And then 86, when all of these people are getting hurt, his brother, Ted Kennedy, didn't get rid of the act because they wanted to preserve the brother's legacy. They kept the act going and they plastered it with a bandaid called the National Vaccine Injury Program, which protected pharma companies. So you can sue them in courts. You have to go to a vaccine court. Then this other completely rubbish guy, Robert Kennedy, he has been misleading the medical freedom movement for years, making money off of it. And all he's talking about is safe vaccines. Meanwhile, he endorsed Hillary Clinton three times and he says, I emphatically believe in vaccines. So he's misled all these very wealthy mothers who are just concerned about the anti-vax movement because they think the Kennedys are all great. And he's about safe vaccines. And whenever the Democrats say safe something, it means more regulations to create monopolies. So we have today is the pharma industry knows that their single compound model is tanking. They must have vaccines. And so they have Fauci as their front end sales guy. Then they have, you know, the Chinese Communist Party, the World Health Organization, the CDC, the Gates Foundation, the Zuckerberg, uh, uh, you know, and and Clinton Foundation, all of these people who are going to make a killing off all of this. It's follow the money. And so vaccines are the only way out. So when I did my videos, if you remember, uh, beginning of the year on vitamin D3, on boosting Mm -hmm. vitamin C, I wrote the protocol. Those were going viral. 50 million, 100 million views all over the world. And no one wants to talk about boosting the immune system because that's the actual solution. I get so many calls every month, people saying, Dr. Shiva, I read your protocol, you saved my life. Because vitamin D3 boosts the immune system. Uh, It's an antimicrobial. Vitamin C modulates the immune system so you don't get the cytokine storm. Vitamin A protects the cell walls, but zinc and quercetin and iodine uh, ensure uh, quercetin and zinc together work very much like hydroxychloroquine. So the point is that this is the actual solution, which is to boost the immune system, which you can do for dollars, which is not going to generate them their trillion dollar revenue model. And that's what's going He is correct on the last part of what he just said. In fact, if everyone did what he suggested, taking quercetin and zinc together, it does act similar to hydroxychloroquine, because of zinc, that's the actual best thing against the the viruses. He is also correct about all these people profiting, but he is, and, and, and that part of it is, is legitimate. But there's a whole part of this that's not. First of all, attacking Robert Kennedy Jr. is not. Richard, explain why part of this is correct, but part of it is not correct. Um, you know, Dr. Siva is a very complex individual, and um, there was quite a while I was in the um, participating in the Alliance for a Vaccine Awareness Group, which is all the, the heavyweights and Bobby Kennedy and uh, Sherry Tenpenny, Barbara Lowe Fisher, anybody, uh, Brian Hooker, Andy Wakefield. We were all in this. It was an online discussion. And there, uh, Shiva would come up quite often because he was trying to basically hijack a lot of these people. Um, and uh, they came out. There was a lot of concern about who's who's behind this guy. All right. And nobody really, he just kind of popped up out of the middle of nowhere. You know, his claims of having, you know, been the inventor of the email. Well, you know, the, the Smithsonian Institute has come out uh, very clearly. He, the email was, was invented 
almost a decade before he made these claims. And he didn't even make those claims until over 30 years after the fact. So there's a lot of strange stuff around around Sheba. Um, I think the, the some of the things he's saying, it's the, he, the blaming John F. Kennedy for the Vaccine Assistant Act of 1962, actually that was just an authorized three-year program grant that the government gave to um, to local communities to boost up their programs for um, just only for the, uh, tetanus, polio, diphtheria, and, and pertussis. It was just a three-year program. And you can actually go back to Eisenhower, you go back to 1955 with the Polio Vaccine Assistance Act, which is kind of a similar thing. He then blames Ted Kennedy for the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986. Wrong. Ted Kennedy was not a sponsor of that that act. That was sponsored by... um, by Henry Waxman, a Democrat from California, who was not by uh, Ted Kennedy. So there is just this, but he has this uh, data for, against any Democrats. You know, he looks at Democrats as being, bringing in Marxism and communism. He throws He's a, he's a not, he's not a, also he owns a vaccine manufacturing company. He, he's an investor in a major vaccine manufacturing company. Yeah, and so, his company. Yeah, he's he's kind of popped into this uh, into the all, the natural health thing also. Uh, but you know, who knew of? I mean, nobody knows this, of this guy uh, except in the last recent years. He's just kind of emerged and making it. I mean, just listen, listening to him make the claims that he's been kind of the, the creator of the protocols against COVID, you know, well, no, yeah, anybody can go up into PubMed and you can get all this literature about quercetin and zinc. And this information's been there for... This, it's, it's all there, but you, you don't, you know, you can't say you're no, an inventor. He's made many, many claims of having invented things that, that have been just proven completely okay, false. Okay, good. Yeah. We got to go on to this other one now. Now, these are legitimate what we're going to play now, we have validated. This is based upon pure science. And what's important is there's no personal opinion in this. There's no political or ideological slanting of this. It's just pure facts. We're going to go now to a group of scientists, physicians, many professors who've come together. They didn't work together. They've come together because they've seen that there is a drug that would necessitate no vaccine. The drug is safe and expensive, and every single study shows it saves lives. We could be saving anywhere between 60 to 90% of all the people going into hospital if we gave this drug. And I want you to know about this. And yet these people are all being attacked. So they held a press conference in Houston. No one in the media covered it. No one. It was blacked out. This was just last week. Here's what they have to say today is I'm going to be talking about COVID-19, the spectrum of disease. I'm going to focus on prevention and early treatment, which we think is key to controlling this pandemic. What we want to do is limit people being admitted to hospital. We have all seen what a terrible disease this is. Please do not underestimate this disease. Patients are being hospitalized. They suffocate. They suffer a prolonged course in hospital, and then they die. Those who recover have significant ongoing problems. We know about the long haulers or post-COVID syndrome. There's something we need to do about that right now. So we're going to talk about pre-exposure prophylaxis. So this is This is prevention in treatment in people who are at high risk of getting COVID. This includes healthcare workers and people in long-term care facilities who are at a high risk of getting COVID. And what you do is you treat these people preventatively. We're then going to talk about post-exposure prophylaxis. So these are folks who are being exposed to a patient who has had COVID. The most common scenario is a family member. We know 
that if someone in the family has COVID, half the other members in the family will get COVID. And we know how many couples, husbands and wives die from COVID from getting it from each other. Then we're going to talk about early treatment. And we think this is the key that patients who get COVID need to be treated early at home. What is the point of waiting at home until you get overwhelming lung disease and you cannot breathe and are then admitted to hospital? That makes no sense. We want to treat these people early at home to prevent them progressing to the late phase. Now, while we have the math protocol, which has had an impact on the hospital treatment, patients are still suffering and patients are still dying. So we have to put our emphasis on the prevention and early treatment of this disease. And we believe we have a solution. This solution is the I mask plus protocol. This is for the prevention and early treatment of COVID-19. The prevention or prophylaxis protocol is based on ivermectin, which is a, as we'll see, a remarkable antiviral agent. In addition, we add some therapeutic agents which, which increase the host's immune system so that he can fight off infection. We then move to the early outpatient protocol. And it's essential that treatment be started in early. Once the diagnosis is suspected or confirmed, patients should be treated early with the goal of preventing progression to the stage where patients have to be hospitalized. And again, for the early outpatient protocol, we suggest the use of ivermectin, again, together with some other therapeutic agents, again, to improve the host's immune response. However, we must not be remiss. It's very important to wear masks. Public health measures are critical in controlling this pandemic. So when you're indoors, amongst people who are not your close household contacts, please wear a mask. We know COVID is spread by droplets and aerosol. Masks protect the wearer. Masks protect the wearer, as well as those in close contact with the person wearing a mask. Masks are a critical component in controlling this pandemic. And of course, social distancing and avoiding large gatherings. We're now going to talk about this remarkable drug, ivermectin. Ivermectin. This is a 40-year-old antiparasitic drug. It was awarded, the discovery of ivermectin was awarded the Nobel Prize in 2015. Ivermectin is on the World Health Organization, the WHO's list of essential medications. This drug is FDA approved for the use of parasitic infections. Ivermectin has been safely used in 3.7 billion, that's with a B, 3.7 billion people across the world have been treated with ivermectin for parasitic diseases. And what we know, this is a remarkably safe drug. Just to re-emphasize, this is a safe drug that is exceedingly cheap. What is truly remarkable this was a gift to us. Ivermectin has high activity against COVID-19. Let me repeat that. Ivermectin remarkably has high activity against COVID-19. And as we will see, it is highly efficacious for pre-exposure treatment, for post-exposure treatment, for treatment in the early symptomatic phase, and remarkably, it has clinical activity in the late stage in hospitalized patients. There is now new and compelling data that has emerged in the last few months 
And this is important because it was in August that the National Institutes of Health reviewed the data and their recommendations are now out of date. And that is one of the reasons we are meeting here today. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. <clears throat> now, following him are a lot of other board-certified physicians. He is a professor of medicine. Uh, together, they have thousands of published articles in the peer review literature. So you're looking at the cream of the crop, the most credentialed, respected, non-controversial medical, medical doctors and medical scientists in the United States, all coming together. They'd never done this before because they saw that waiting on a vaccine was wrong, that this was all about uh, weaponizing the virus. They are pro-vaccine, but they're pro-drugs before the vaccine because if you can take the drug and knock out the virus, there's no need for a vaccine. And it's inexpensive, and it's been used over three billion times. So I think that's very important. Also, concerning this, Charles Ortlieb sent me a note. I want to read this. Charles is uh, a journalist, a highly respected journalist, and was the former publisher of the New York Native. This is just in today. Uh, this, is, uh, this is from one of the people who supports ivermectin. Quote, the published peer-reviewed scientific literature supports ivermectin, that's I-V-E-R-M-E-C-T-I-N, ivermectin, as a miraculously effective treatment for COVID-19. This creates a dilemma for Anthony Fauci and his $20 billion vaccine enterprise. If FDA approves ivermectin as a treatment, none of Fauci's mischievous vaccines will be eligible for emergency use authorization. All of them would be measured against a new standard of care against which none of them can compete. And widespread use of ivermectin will mean the disappearance of the pandemic as infectious fatalities drop below mortality rates for seasonal flu. These considerations drove Dr. Fauci's fraudulent and genocidal campaign against hydroxychloroquine last spring. His current posture towards ivermectin is to ignore it for the moment and let patients die while rushing his vaccines in to saturate the market so that he can claim credit when death rates drop. Then they will stop the testing and the pandemic will miraculously disappear. The medical cartel will attribute COVID's abolition to lockdowns, mass surveillance, and vaccines. The elites will declare Dr. Fauci a human rights hero and he will be stuck with, the, uh, with big uh, pharma. It's totalitarian controls and it's infernal boondoggles for eternity. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I've seen it all before. And uh, this was from uh, Robert F. Kennedy. I believe this is from Robert. Yeah, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. just wrote that. I would agree with that. I believe he's absolutely correct. So otherwise, if you have something that's two drugs, and you attack one viciously, even get articles to be written that are false and have to be retracted, but then there's 122 positive articles in the peer-reviewed journals supporting hydroxychloroquine with zinc and zithromycin, and now you have ivermectin, which has all these articles positive, and they're both curing people, healing people, preventing people from going to hospital, helping people in hospital, so they don't have to put on ventilators and die. Now you have thousands of medical doctors coming forward. We have never seen this in American history where the ultra-Orthodox are fighting the ultra-Orthodox. It's just that the ultra-Orthodox bureaucrats and technocrats control the FDA, the CDC, the World Health Organization, and the media. Their voices are being heard. These other doctors are not. Now we're going to play you another one. This is actually accurate. Now, there's two parts to this. The first is what he originally put on the air, which I play, but then the next one just came in this morning, and I'll hold it for today. I'll, I'll play it on another day. He's being interviewed about how he's been attacked. They're trying to take away his job as professor of medicine at the university. He's got all these, he's got all this background, which has never been challenged in like 40 years of medicine, and now, because of what he said, 
he's being challenged because he challenged the PCR test. Here's what he has to say, and this is accurate. I have nothing to gain by being here tonight, but everything <clears throat> to lose. Find the In fact, my wife didn't want me to be here tonight because she thinks this is a waste of time for me to speak out. She said that you guys have your, maids, your minds made up, and I beg to differ. I stand by the quote that you never know how far reaching something you may think say to today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. We all want the same thing, don't we? We want healthy people. I am a doctor of prevention. I am a doctor of wellness. That's what I specialize in. I am a nerd. I spend lots of time studying NVSS numbers from the CDC. I put on flu workshops, and I have been for many years. And I have some concerns about what, where we're headed. I'm not here to tell you and argue and debate whether these masks are effective or ineffective, because we can sit here all night. I can show you peer-reviewed articles and studies from the, the, <laughs> that were published in the advisory, uh, I'm sorry, the American Association Associations for Physicians and Surgeons. But what I'm here to tell you is that we're basing all of these lockdowns, these restrictions, these mandates on faulty testing. In other words, we, have, we don't have a pandemic of people falling over dead. What we have is a pandemic of false positives. In fact, I want to ask you the question. Do you know who Carrie Mollis is? Do you know any of you? Do you know who that name is? Does that name ring a bell? Well, you should. Because all of these lockdowns and restrictions and mandates are based off of his test, the PCR test. He invented this test in 2015. He died last year. I have videos. If you want, I will send you the interview of him stating this exact, and I quote, anyone can test positive for practically anything with a PCR test. If you run it long enough with PCR, you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. It doesn't tell you that you're sick. This test was never meant to be diagnostic. It doesn't tell you whether you're sick or not. This test is a DNA grab. We do a culture swab in the posterior cavity of the sinuses. If this is such a deadly disease, why can't we swab your mask? Why can't we do saliva? You're telling me you need to go three inches deep in the posterior cavity, millimeters from the, the blood-brain barrier to do a swab test. Two minutes. Clinical is 101. This type of test needs subjective, it needs symptomatology, and it needs objective findings to correlate and not only correlate, but correspond to the diagnosis, to confirm the diagnosis. An asymptomatic person has neither. That tells you that this is a faulty testing. That is clinicals 101. So why do we have this faulty testing? If you were paying attention last year, the ACIP, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices stated last year, that we can't force vaccinate anybody, but we can force compliance. The World Health Organization last year stated that the greatest threat to the health, to the health of the world are people who refuse vaccinations or unvaccinated people. This mask mandate will soon turn into a vaccine one. And I will be here in two months when that happens. Pfizer and Moderna are lobbying our government right now to push mandated vaccines. They, there were bills last year sweeping our nation to eradicate medical freedoms, and we need to understand that. Martin Luther King Jr. stated that the ultimate measure of a man or woman is not where he stands in times of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in, in conflict and controversy. We don't have medical freedom here. We have... He is correct. We do not have medical freedom. They're taking away the sovereignty of informed choice or freedom of choice. He is accurate in everything he just stated, except Kerry Mullis invented the PCR in 1993 and won the Nobel Prize in chemistry for it. And he is accurate what Kerry Mullis said. I'm doing a new uh, documentary involving Kerry Mullis as we speak. Now we're going to finish today's program, which will run a little long, 
and we're going to play a clip that got a doctor in a whole lot of water that was boiling hot. And so this is what he said that got him into trouble. But he is accurate when it comes to the test. This is what he had to say. To uh, S. Peterson. S. Peterson. Uh, Mr. Chairman, this is Dr. Harkinson. I just wanted to let you know I'm standing by. Oh, okay. Well, we would love to hear from you. The floor is yours. Thank you very much. Um, I do appreciate the opportunity to address you on this very important matter. Um, I'm, what I'm going to say is lay language and blunt. Um, it's counter-narrative, and so, so you don't immediately think I'm a quack. I'm going to briefly outline my credentials so that you can understand where I'm coming from in terms of knowledge base in all of this. I'm a medical specialist in pathology, which includes virology. I trained at Cambridge University in the UK. I'm the ex-president of the pathology section of the Medical Association. I was previously an assistant professor in the Faculty of Medicine doing a lot of teaching. I was the chairman of the Royal College of Physicians of Canada Examination Committee in Pathology in Ottawa. But more to the point, I'm currently the chairman of a biotechnology company in North Carolina selling a COVID-19 test. And I might, you might say I know a little bit about all of this. The bottom line is simply this. There is utterly unfounded public hysteria driven by the media and politicians. It's outrageous. This is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. There is absolutely nothing that can be done to contain this virus other than protecting older, more vulnerable people. It should be thought of nothing more than a bad flu season. This is not Ebola. It's not SARS. It's politics playing medicine, and that's a very dangerous game. There is no action of any kind needed other than what happened last year when we got felt unwell. We stayed home, we took chicken noodle soup, we didn't visit Granny, and we decided when we would return to work. We didn't have anyone need anyone to tell us. Masks are utterly useless. There is no evidence base for their effectiveness whatsoever. Paper masks and fabric masks are simply virtue signaling. They're not even worn effectively most of the time. It's, it's utterly ridiculous seeing these unfortunate, uneducated people, I'm not saying that in a purgative sense, seeing these people walking around like lemmings, obeying without any knowledge base to put the mask on their face. Social distancing is also useless because COVID is spread by aerosols, which travel 30 meters or so before landing. And closures have had such terrible unintended consequences. They should, you, everywhere should be open tomorrow, as was stated in the Great Barrington Declaration that I circulated prior to this meeting. And a word on testing. I do want to emphasize that I'm in the business of, te of testing for COVID. I do want to emphasize that positive test results do not, underlined in neon, mean a clinical infection. It's simply driving public hysteria, and all testing should stop unless you're presenting to hospital with some respiratory problem. All that should be done is to protect the vulnerable and to give them all in the nursing homes that are under your control. Give them all three to 5,000 international units of vitamin D every day, which, is, which has been shown to radically reduce the likelihood of infection. And I would remind you all that using the province's own statistics, the risk of death under 65 in this province is one in 300,000. One in 300,000. You've got to get a grip on this. The scale of the response that you're undertaking with no evidence for it is utterly ridiculous given the consequences of acting in a way that you're proposing. All kinds of suicides, business closures, funerals, weddings, etc., etc. It's simply outrageous. It's just another bad flu. And you've got to get your minds around that. Let people make their own decisions. You should be totally out of the business of medicine. 
You're being led by, down the garden path by the chief medical officer of health of this province. I'm absolutely outraged that this has reached this level. It should all stop tomorrow. Thank you very much. So there we have it. His statements concerning the PCR test are accurate. We have independently verified those. We can offer some challenges on whether masks work or not. There's, uh, there's balanced material on both sides showing that it will prevent certain large water particles from going out in the air. That's good. But it does not prevent viral material from getting through, especially in cloth masks. Plus, cloth masks have the other problem of the more you wear them, uh, the more you wash them, the more those fibers are going to be breathed in, go into your lungs, and they do not get expelled once they're in there. The more uh, permanent N95 to N99 masks, warm for a short period of time, are safer. But otherwise, this man's entire career now is in free fall. Um, and they're, they've gone after him with a passion. Every one of these doctors, which are now over 50,000 scientists and physicians, have signed the Great Barrington uh, Challenge uh, that there shouldn't be the lockdowns. So you see the name mainstream media is carrying none of this for you. But there's a difference between the legitimate challenges and the fake news challenges. That's why we wanted to take today's show to show you the difference between points of view that are completely legitimate and points of view that are not. Richard Gale, thank you. And all of our listeners, thank you for listening. Have a nice day.